0: Welcome to the Brent's Pet Paradise podcast. This is our first episode. Uh, this is our pilot episode. And uh, thank you for watching and tuning in. And um, today we're going to be talking about isopods. So I'll toss it off to Brent.
1: Yeah, so when you first get into isopods or hear about isopods, is, what are they? So isopods are an order of crustaceans and they're super cool. Isopods live in every continent but Antarctica and they live in the oceans, they live in ponds, they live under rocks. If you don't know what it is and you want like a really good representation of what they are is if you've ever gone outside and found roly polies, that's a species of isopod. Another thing is uh, that's really fascinating about isopods. It's just the sheer variety. There's so many different types. There's so many different colors, isopods and something that uh, is also interesting is why were isopods brought in? And this kind of falls into like uh, what they are is they were actually brought into captivity, uh, around 30 or so years ago, uh, just to be kept in bioactive terrariums and be used as a cleanup crew. But but, but we're, today we're going to be learning about how to keep these isopods, so I'm going to pass it off to Thoroughpods, and we're going to see where to find isopods.
0: Uh, so, where to find isopods? Uh, you can find isopods pretty much anywhere. Uh, a lot of places you can find them is, like, under rocks outside. Uh, a good place to look for them is, like, in logs and under logs. I mean, also, if you're just looking for aquatic isopods, you can go into, like, your local pond or local stream, and you can just find all sorts of stuff. I haven't really kept... I haven't really dove dove into keeping aquatic isopods. I know a few people that do, but I haven't personally tried it. But they are really interesting creatures and um, quite quite good pets. Uh, They're really low-maintenance and... uh, Yeah. So now we will delve into... Keeping isopods.
1: Keeping keeping isopods is is super, super easy. Uh, There's so many things that you can use around your house to keep these. So when having an isopod, you want to make sure that they have all their basic needs, and that includes a good substrate mix, which I'll go into a little bit. A leaf litter layer, just uh, because they are detritivores, which means they like to eat decaying plant matter, and they really need those leaves. Another thing is adding calcium into their soil and in that for their exoskeleton. Humid, humid areas, so you want to have a uh, very humid area. That can be given by moss uh, and feeding isopods, which is mostly going to be your dead plant matter, leaf litter, or logs, or wood. And um, you can also supplement feeding with things like fish food and different things like that. And, yeah, so um, I'm going to pass off what you're actually putting the ice pods in, container-wise.
0: So containing isopods is a super wide variety of things you can go from anything from like a, a glass aquarium to a critic keeper to a sterilite shoe bin I like to use the sterilite shoe bins just because they are pretty easy to pretty easy to stack and pretty easy to set up as well as they're really easy to obtain just because they're so inexpensive um, in terms of their enclosure, you want to have, in terms of like the actual plastic enclosure, you want to have some ventilation. So I usually have either um, a bunch of holes drilled into the, uh, the container or um, mesh on the top of it. Uh, I would recommend having mesh on the top of it for only uh, species that require a large amount of uh, ventilation. Uh but other than that, you can just have some holes drilled into the side and they do just fine with that.
1: And to add to that, um when looking into different isopods, make sure to do research on the species that you're getting. Uh they can vary very significantly. You can have isopods that like much more dry conditions and ones that like much more human conditions, and that can vary where they're from and uh their way of life. So definitely do some more research if you guys are interested in hearing. Any podcast about a specific species ice pod, definitely let us know. You can do that either by commenting on my YouTube channel, mm-hmm. going over to ThoroughPods Instagram at ThoroughPods, And uh, you can also uh, DM any of us on Instagram and ask us there for any podcast that you want to see. So when you actually get your enclosure set up and you have your ice pods, what are you going to be feeding these guys? So like I mentioned, feeding ice pods is super easy. You can do fish food and different things like that. But something else that you can also add to their diet is chopped up vegetables. They can eat small amounts, and when feeding them, make sure to notice if you notice any mold that's growing on that food. You're definitely going to be uh, try to restrict that. There is cases that I've seen people just dump in way too much food. You want to keep it at a small amount. It's really hard to underfeed these guys, just because if you do, you uh, they still have another food source of your thick layer of leaves. You're going to want to make sure a lot add a lot of leaves, and they can be collected from outside and baked in an oven or put in a microwave or boiled just to kill off anything from outside. Some keepers just have them uh, straight from outside and put them. I always like to boil them or uh, microwave them or bake them just to kill off anything that could hurt ice pods and to uh, uh, prevent adding other species if you're trying to just keep one species in a bin. And another thing to add on that th- feeding subject is uh, the fish foods. So when you're looking to feed fish foods, you can pretty much feed whatever brand, and depending on the amount of isopods, you just want to put in a little bit of a sprinkle. So if I have, say, 10 isopods, you could put in a few really small little pieces of fish pellets and a little bit of flake, and that can uh, easily supplement them. Some species of isopods uh, do like to eat more protein in their diet, and they can eat more of that fish food, and some prefer vegetables. Your porcellio species, I've noticed that they like to eat uh, more protein, whereas my armadillidium And those two uh, species are very commonly kept ice pod species. My arm they prefer to eat more uh, vegetables and things of that sort. For vegetables, make sure to clean them off. And if you can get something that is organic, that's better. Um, Just because there has been cases, I haven't really noticed this, but some other ice pod keepers have where with non-organic and not cleaned off, uh, they have pesticides on them and that can harm your ice pods. Also, when collecting your leaf litter from outside, you want to make sure it's from a pesticide herbicide, and just any chemical-free environment just because that can harm the isopods. But now that we have our feeding down, uh, we're going to be talking about the enclosure size.
0: Sorry about all the background noise. Um, But for an enclosure size, I would recommend uh, with how many isopods you have, I would go, with my gauging of it, I go from a a 12-ounce deli cup to a six-quart shoe, uh, Sterilite shoe bin to a, I think it's a eight, uh, eight-quart? eight No, I think it, it's an eight-to-twelve-quart uh, um, larger shoe bin. And those are my three sizes of isopod enclosures. Uh, as, like, a super small culture with maybe, like, five to ten of them, I would still keep them in the... Uh, in the... Uh, or a smaller species, I would still keep them in that like eight to twelve ounce deli cup. But you got to make sure you have a whole setup in there. Make sure you got a good enough ventilation because it's a smaller environment. Uh, if you want to go just from that to a, uh, a regular size bin, which uh, I feel like that's like a normal size bin, the eight, the six quart Sterlite bin, uh, just recommend giving a good, uh, your good substrate, getting some good ventilation. And once your isopods grow out of the enclosure, uh, meaning in size, like their colony size, like I don't really know a good gauge of it, but when isopods when the hide, because you have a good hide for them to hide under, uh, once there are that hide is folded up and there are isopods wandering around the enclosure twenty four seven, I would recommend that as a good time to upgrade their enclosure. Of course, you could do this a little earlier or a little later. Uh, isopods, they don't require super large amounts of space, but they do like to have a little upgrade every once in a while. When, yeah, in terms of upgrading that size, uh, I would recommend getting that big hide that has all the isopods in there, and I would recommend getting that into a separate enclosure and then picking out all the isopods from the surface. And then once you get into getting all the isopods out of the substrate, I would recommend scooping out. Mm, Little bits at a time and sprinkling them on a flat surface, and then just collecting all the ice pods that you can and dumping into that into the enclosure. And then when you
1: oh sorry,
0: (laughs) no worries. After that, you want to freeze the substrate, or if you're in a cold environment, set that outside so that kills off any extra ice pods, which is always a sad thing to do, but you don't want to have a problem with invasive species.
1: Yeah, something (laughs) I. Something else I can do or you guys can do is when you have your excess ice pods, you can just set that up in a bin and you can just have a really big bin of a bunch of old substrate because you might notice ice pods that actually come out of that substrate. Um, If you don't want to just throw all that away um, or freeze it, you can just set it up in another bin and just watch it for a few months and see if there's any ice pods that come out of it and uh, see what happens.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's a really cool thing to just see what happens with that
1: (laughs) yeah so now i'm gonna be talking about um maintaining humidity in your isopod bin so overall it's not too tricky uh when maintaining that humidity just make sure to have the adequate ventilation and uh like i said let me know if you guys would like to see uh any more in-depth podcasts on a certain species but making ventilation uh obviously you don't want to just have large holes that ice can escape over You can use different things such as window screen mesh, chiffon fabric, and that can be hot glued to the outside. Something that I like to do if I'm using a plastic pin is get a soldering iron and just melt a hole in it so you don't get any cracking in the plastic. But I have used different things like uh, just cutting tools to cut that plastic, Mm -hmm. and it's usually really, really easy to do that. And then just to attach that mesh uh, to the outside, you can just do hot glue all around it, and that's always worked for me. There is some uh, different ventilation kits on the market that I've seen. Those might be a little more expensive, but if you're just getting one ice pod bin, it might be worthwhile just to make a really nice setup uh, and get that type of ventilation. Uh, It performs just as well um, as DIY and the DIY stuff performs just as well as the pre-bought stuff, but uh, the pre-bought might look a little bit nicer if you're not uh, as crafty. I just use my ventilation and I do actually have an ice pod tour over on my YouTube and I know Thoropod does as well. So definitely check that out. If you guys want to see um, our ice pod bin and see how they setup set up for our different species and our ventilation. Personally, I have one big strip of ventilation along the front side and the bin brand that I'm not using is not super airtight. So it does allow ventilation from the back as well. If you're using something that has more of a gasket seal, you might want to do, uh, less ventilate, uh, just a bigger hole in the front, then you can do little holes along the sides or the roof of the enclosure. And if you ever do add too much ventilation, you can always cover that with a piece of plastic and, uh, something else I'd recommend if you're not experienced with ice pots, you might want to get your bin and have it for a week or two monitor the humidity, either with a humidity gauge or just by generalizing and like feeling, um, stuff in the enclosure to see if it's moist or not. Uh, then seeing um, what that is because if you're new you might mess that up or add too much and it's better to experiment without having nice pods enclosure so definitely experiment before you get them with the enclosure something else uh, having a nice humid area uh, made of sphagnum moss and part of the enclosure is also really nice when you want to place your sphagnum moss you want to place it in uh, a spot on enclosure that does not have a lot of ventilation around it so that always is kept moist and uh, is kept at a nice environment where the ice pods can go. If you notice all of your ice pods are congregating in that really little moist uh, section in the enclosure, you definitely want to look into maybe adding a little more humidity to the whole enclosure and just monitoring them. A lot of this you can just see what the ice pods are doing. Like I mentioned, if you notice them all in the dry area or the driest part of the enclosure or all of them in the moist area, you're definitely going to want to try to experiment with that. Another thing is do not water too much in the enclosure. Uh, Watering too much and making your soil too saturated is not a good thing. If you notice lots of stagnant water on the bottom of the enclosure, you definitely want to not water as much. And if you do have city water, you do want to treat that just because sometimes there is uh, different chemicals that are used to treat drinking water that can harm ice pods. And there's a lot of different common things in the market that you can treat your water with. So now now we're going to move on to substrate mixes and what the substrate is in that enclosure.
0: A lot of substrates that I like to use, um, sp- specifically my com- uh, com- combination, is uh, cocoa fiber, a little bit of worm casting or organic compost. Uh, sphagnum moss, dead leaves, and I like to use, uh, like, you know what, uh, smoking, like for smoking uh, like mm-hmm. in a barbecue. Uh, I like to use some of those, um, those wood pellets and then you just soak them in water and they come into this like stuff that's a consistency of wet sawdust. I then mix that into the substrate and that makes it really nutritious for the, for the isopods. Yeah.
1: How often do you have to replace your isopod substrate?
0: Uh, I would recommend replacing your isopod substrate around every six months or every time they convert, convert it completely into frass, which is this little, little, um, brown pellet thing that it's isopod poop uh and it just looks like this kind of gritty sandy stuff that's uh, in the bottom of the enclosure and usually at that point they just consume leaf litter incredibly fast i am so sorry about the background noise um yeah it's all good uh they just consume leaf litter incredibly fast and then uh, then after you change the substrate Usually they don't consume it that quick because they've got to work down the actual substrate.
1: Yeah. So um, now that we've covered all of your ice pod enclosure needs, is where do you get ice pods? So uh, when you get your ice pods, you can get them from so many different areas. If you just want to just go outside and catch some ice pods, you can always do that. Set them up in enclosure. There's a bunch of different common species, and you can always look up ice pod species near me or, uh, something like that. And you can see what species you have. There's a lot of really nice discords where you can go to and check out if you can't ID an ice pod. And, uh, if you do ever have questions, just feel free to also message us. Like I've mentioned, and we could most likely, uh, ID your ice pods and yeah. So,
0: uh, if you want some,
1: yeah, Theropod sells ice pods, and I should have some ice pods for sale. Um, Shipping is a little crazy right now, but uh, I can definitely do that. And um, yeah, so uh, when you get your ice pods, a typical amount that I've seen a lot is of 10 ice pods, and that's always a really nice number. I've started up colonies from just a few ice pods, and now I have well over 50 ice pods. With my powder blue ice pods, I started with probably 10, and then now I have um, close to probably – 50 isopods in there, and it hasn't even been a full 365 days or a year. And yeah, so that's pretty much it when obtaining isopods. You can get them from a lot of different places. There's online shops, Thoropod sells them, and many other places sell them as well. Mm-hmm. So now we're going to be talking about how to breed isopods.
0: So, with breeding isopods, there's really not much to it. As long as you have them in a happy, healthy enclosure, Usually they will breed pretty quickly. Like for example, what you're talking about those powder blue isopods, they breed incredibly quickly, and they yeah they breed just incredibly quickly. Uh, you will usually see mankai and something like that within like the a month or two.
1: What are mankai? Just oh, uh, just because some uh, viewers might not mankai
0: are uh, baby no. isopods. It's pretty much it.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, they. They're just little baby isopods. They look like little little white things, and you might think, "Oh, what are these?" At first, but likely they are just baby isopods. Another thing you might see in there that's a little white thing uh, are springtails, which are a very common bio another really common bioactive cleanup that uh, also clean up in isopod enclosures.
1: Yeah. Um. Also, would you like to go over some common pests that can be found in an isopod yeah. bin, and if they really or affecting anything yeah. at all?
0: Um, common pests that you'll find in isopod bins are uh, grain or soil mites, which those guys don't really do much. Uh, they just kind of exist. Also, fungus gnats. Those guys are another ones that just kind of exist, but they fly and they're kind of annoying just to have around because they just fly everywhere. <laughs> I get a few uh, fungus gnat um, outbreaks every, uh, every few months just because I get a new enclosure set up that's got some more ventilation and then the fungus gnats are just pretty opportunistic and then they just uh, expand in population. In terms of getting rid of them, uh, I don't really know any good ways to get rid of um, their larva, but if you can get like fly tape, you can uh, just hang that up next to the enclosure or in the room that you have the isopod bins in. And usually they will just kind of fly into that and that usually gets rid of most of the fungus gnats and after a while the fungus gnat problem usually kind of expires not all the time it does but a lot of times it does uh of course there will be a few stragglers that are left like for example uh i had a pretty bad uh, fungus gnat issue uh, for a few months, and then I put up some fly tape for a few months, and now they've kind of mostly eradicated. Still a few more, but I have eradicated most.
1: Yeah. Also, another thing uh, I'm going to talk about is placing your ice pot enclosure. And when placing your ice pot enclosure, you can really do it anywhere, unless it's in front of a window because heat from the sun can warm up that and. Inside a plastic bin or aquarium, it can get really hot in there, and that's not good. Um, Also, be aware on where you're placing it in your home. If it's going to be a uh, much-used area like a kitchen uh, that could have uh, drastic temperature swings, that's not very good. I have mine on a little racking system, and that uh, doesn't really get any direct light. They can have light, but just make sure it's not indirect sunlight because that can create a lot of heat in there. And, yeah, then temperature-wise, most ice pods just do good at room temperature, pretty much to 60 degrees to probably even close to 90 degrees uh, Fahrenheit. Do you have uh really good temperature range
0: uh,
1: that you keep yours at?
0: Of course, if you're getting up to higher temperatures, like in the 90s, you really want to get some good humidity so they don't uh, dry out super easily.
1: Yeah. I know there is some ice pod keepers uh, like Russell McCormack, who he lives in Arizona. Air, uh, I believe it might not be Arizona. It might Utah. be Utah. Okay, Utah. <laughs> yeah, Utah, that can get pretty um, dry there. And he might have less ventilation than someone who lives in, say, Florida. Or a drier area, you might have to adjust ventilation as well. than temperatures, as uh, just like I mentioned, uh, you just have to adjust and make sure it doesn't get to any Huge drastics, but isopods are super hardy and do well in a lot of uh, conditions. So now I'm going to pass on parthenogenesis and isopods to the theropods over here.
0: So parthenogenesis is one of my favorite, favorite topics to talk about. And it can actually be found in isopods. So let's first break it down. What is parthenogenesis? Parthenogenesis is um, it's the act of uh, uh, some animal reproducing without a male it's usually a female it's a it it always is a female that is reproducing without a male this is a topic that we don't really know how it happens but we do know why usually it's because there's a lack of males in the area or that population just needs a more survival rate and it's basically it's it's like like in cells where they just kind of separate off of each other except they don't separate off of each other they reproduce like a batch like for example uh in dwarf white isopods which are a parthenogenic species they just form the mankai and then the mank- uh, the 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 marsupium which is their holding mechanism for baby isopods as they grow from eggs to mankai um uh, and then they just release the mankai I don't know how they actually reproduce like that, but it's really interesting. And um a lot of dwarf pods yeah. are uh, – I don't I think it's tri I, I don't know the scientific name, but
1: uh I think it's uh triningibus. Uh it's it's a it's a T. Yeah, I a know that. Uh, <laughs> um Yeah. Yeah, and dwarf red ice pods if you're looking to just get something that's more much more beginner super super cool that was one of my first ice Mm -hmm. pods they're great they're so fascinating even though so many people have them they work great in cleanup crews and they're just really cool ice pods um you'll notice i think i started with like 15 of them and then now i i have hundreds Mm -hmm. in there and i just have those in a really small pretty small enclosure i actually made out of an old salad (laughs) bin uh that i got like salad in and they're doing really great in there and yeah So uh, that's going to cover all our topics. Would you like to mention anything else? I
0: think I'm good. Thank you guys for watching and uh, we'll see you guys next time. Uh,
1: Yeah. See you guys. And thanks so much for tuning in. See
0: ya. Bye.